let me first give credit where credit is due. Uh, last night, I'm just hopping along, and I see a, somebody sent me a tweet from, um, I, I, I'm not going to lie to you, I don't know really who this person is. Samuel Douglas. Samuel Douglas. Here we go. Uh, who I uh, don't, let me see who he is to give him the proper credit. He's a J, JD candidate at Seton Hall Law. Well, maybe you should be switched from being a lawyer to a journalist because you found the goods here, Sam. So Sam pointed out uh, that Elizabeth Warren's daughter, Amelia, uh, is chairwoman of Demos, a liberal think tank. And uh, according to Demos's 2018 tax filing, they gave $45,000 to the Working Families Party. This was the first year Demos gave anything to the Working Families Party. So, uh, very good. Uh, Sam spotted it first. So, before, before I even get into this, before I even get into this, a few things as a disclaimer. Number one, um, I don't have anything against Demos. Uh, every, what I know of Demos is it's an actual progressive um, think tank, and they've been pushing great issues like, you know, uh, lowering student debt, uh, Medicare for all, and a lot of like capital P progressive issues for years. So this is what we're about to talk about and, and frankly expose really isn't about demos to me. Um, so for those naysayers are like, oh, you know, you Bernie bros are attacking, you know, a progressive think tank. Nothing to do with demos. All the love in the world for you, demos. And frankly, beyond that, um, I particularly, I don't really care who the Working Families Party endorsed. Uh, the Working Families Party is not exactly like a force in American politics, no disrespect to the Working Families Party. It is relatively significant in the progressive sphere, uh, but the Working Families Party is not going to dictate. Who they endorse is not, it's not gonna affect whether Bernie Sanders becomes a nominee or Elizabeth Warren becomes a nominee. It's just not. So it really, to me, what we're about to talk about, it. I don't, you know, if, if the Working Families Party legitimately, keyword, legitimately endorsed Elizabeth Warren, I would agree to disagree and move on. And I think most people would view it that way. It's kind of a head scratcher if you endorsed Bernie Sanders by 87% of your membership in 2016, why you would switch to Elizabeth Warren. So that's really why uh, I think Bernie Sanders supporters were kind of like, this doesn't make sense, particularly the fact that in 2016, when Working Families Party endorsed Bernie Sanders over Hillary Clinton by, I mean, an insane margin, 87% of their members, they released the actual vote counts of their members because their board, uh, their board makes up 50% of the vote, and then the other 50% is their actual members. And this goes with pretty much unions, you know, a union could endorse a candidate but it's really the union leadership that is endorsing that candidate, but the membership vote doesn't match. Like the rank and file membership doesn't match the leadership. So that's why I think Bernie Sanders supporters were scratching their head. Something doesn't smell right here. They won't release the membership total when they did release the membership total in 2016. The reasons they say they're endorsing Elizabeth Warren, it, it's almost like everything they're saying matches closer with Bernie Sanders. So that's why uh, I, I, I was wondering, and a lot of people were wondering, what's up with this endorsement? Not because like, oh my God, we're sore losers and like the Working Families Party, who becomes a nominee, hangs in the balance. It's, it's the Working Families Party who, who matters here. So uh, it really didn't make sense. And now I, I think this new information would indicate, I don't have, you know, this is just common sense there's a financial connection between Elizabeth Warren and the Working Families Party. Now, I personally tend not to focus on children of candidates, especially young children, but Elizabeth Warren's daughter is a grown adult. Uh, she has some high profile positions, and if her, if her positions are connected to her mother, I think it's fair game. So, let's start with the fact that in 2017, to 2018, here we go. Uh, this is the IRS 990 farm form for Demos, the organization, the think tank, July 1st to June 30th, 2018. So 
that's basically their fiscal year and just say 2018 2017 to 2018 uh, tax filings this is for demos okay so when you go to uh, grants that they issued working families party okay here we go they gave fifteen thousand dollars this is demos they gave fifteen thousand dollars to the New Jersey working families party they gave $15,000 to Working Families Organization, which is the Working Families Party, $15,000, and Working Families Party, Inc., uh, $15,000. So $45,000 to different, different parts of the Working Families Party. Well, that's $45,000 is not a tiny little chunk, it's not a tiny chunk of change for a progressive think tank, Demos, that is based on donations. Like think tanks uh, in large part are the yes, investors, but also donations. And I spoke with uh, someone, a source, who's familiar with D Demos and said, you know, they don't have like this massive budget. So them giving $45,000 of, $45,000, let me find it, of their total 229,500, $229,523 in grants they issued, 45000 of that was to the Working Families Party. That's 20% of their grants to the Working Families Party. Mind you, they did not give anything to the Working Families Party before 2017 to 2018. Well, the, my source said this is like charities who are depending on that depend on people giving them money. It's like charities donating to other charities. It's kind of like Yes, it happens, but it's a bit of an oddity, right? So, I don't know, call me cynical. Elizabeth Warren's daughter is, is as far as we know, it says in her profile here, is chairwoman, chairman of Demos, a prominent progressive think tank. So, in her LinkedIn, it says that she has been chairperson of Demos from 2010 to current. In fairness, sometimes people don't update their LinkedIn if they leave, but I mean, this is a high profile individual. I would think she would update her LinkedIn if she was no longer with Demos. So it says currently on her personal LinkedIn that she's still the chairperson of Demos. Uh, and that would be also a high position on the board of Demos. So here you have Elizabeth Warren's adult daughter, chairperson of Demos, giving $45,000 to the Working Families Party in the calendar year 2017 to 2018. And then the Working Families Party in 2019 endorsing Elizabeth Warren. Again, 20% of the total grants that Demos gave out was to the Working Families Party, who they did not give money to in the prior fiscal year. Uh, when we look, we also looked at the Wayback Machine. When I say we, I should say Jen. Um, Jen looked in the Wayback Machine because currently, again, I'm not trying to make a scandal here, but conspicuously, you go to, you go to Demos's website now, Amelia Warren Tayagi is not on the board. Uh, is not on the board of Demos. She's not even listed on the website. Well, how is she in her bio? She's the chairperson of Demos. On her LinkedIn, she's still the chairperson of Demos. And on the Wayback Machine, the last time we found her on the website, Demos, was May. Now, the way Jen explained it to me, the way Wayback Machine uh, works, she could have been taken off the website at a later date than May. It, it's not necessarily that May 2nd was the day that they wiped her or the last day she was on the website. They could have taken her, her off weeks after that, but this is just what shows up, shows up in the Wayback Machine. So, you know, again, I wanna be fair to Elizabeth Warren um, and, I, and I wanna be fair to Working Families Party and Demos. So call me old fashioned, Oh, wait, no, there's another. I'm not finished. There's another connection. It's not just Amelia 
on, uh, who is chairperson of Demos, as far as we know. Elizabeth Warren's campaign treasurer. Elizabeth Warren's campaign treasurer, Paul Eagerman, is on the board, currently, of Demos. Again, this is their website currently. He's on the board. The same Paul Eagerman that, frankly, has been described. Elizabeth Warren dec decries big money in politics. Her campaign treasurer embodies it. And this is with publicintegrity.org, uh, blah, 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 blah. But Warren is also selected for her presidential campaign. Treasurer, a man whose contributions run counter to Warren's statements, among the most empath em emph emphatic among the more than 20 Democrats running for president against big money in politics. Dubbed a personal Pac-Man to politicians by the Boston Globe more than a decade ago, retired software engineer Paul Eagerman has quietly established himself as a key benefactor and rainmaker for Democratic, Democratic political committees and liberal causes. Okay, so Elizabeth Warren's daughter is chairperson of Demos, the progressive think tank, which, against, which again, I think they do great work. Uh, they give $45,000 to the Working Families Party. The Working Families Party turns around and endorses Elizabeth Warren. They won't. And while endorsing Elizabeth Warren, they won't release their actual membership total. So it's very possible and frankly likely that their actual membership, the rank and file of the, of the Working Families Party, actually endorsed Bernie, Bernie Sanders. So something doesn't smell right here particularly with the fact that I have sources familiar with the Working Families Party, I don't want to say more because I don't want, I don't want it to be known who they are, who basically says Working Families Party is broke. So, you know, this donation or this grant from Demos potentially could be a signal, could be looked at as a signal. You know, you, uh, you, you back the horse we want you to back? There's more where that came from. This is what I was told by a source, frankly, very familiar with how the Working Families Party works and their current financial situation. So why was this not disclosed at the time the Working Families Party endorsed Elizabeth Warren? I mean, Elizabeth Warren's daughter is the chairperson of a major think tank that gave $45,000 in the last fiscal year to uh, working Families Party. And secondly, I would argue, did Elizabeth Warren's campaign or did Elizabeth Warren have any communication with Demos about where they should give or who, what parties they should issue grants? Uh, why is, is Elizabeth Warren's daughter still the chairperson of Demos? If she is, why is it not listed on their website? And when did they take it off their website? Because as of May, the Wayback Machine tells us she was listed as the chairperson of Demos. Thirdly, not to blow up anybody's spot here, you know, we do something uh, behind the scenes. It's good to know when you're a journalist if the people you're reaching out to have read your email, right? So we have a little tracker to see if somebody opened our email. It's not, you know, it's, it's a service. I think you pay five to 10 bucks a month, and you could track if people have read your email, how many times? Well, thank you. Uh, Jen and I have been following this, like, it, it, it's insane. I don't know what the count is now, but before I went live, and we've, we've blacked out, we've whited out uh, the person's name, uh, so they don't get, you know, crazy spam. But the person that we've emailed at Working Families Party, the same questions that I'm saying should be asked, has, this email has been open 212 times since last night. Our questions to the Working Families Party. I'm assuming it hasn't been open 212 times by this one individual we sent to the Working Families Party. I'm assuming that this has been forwarded within the Working Families Party and potentially to people at Demos, potentially to people at the Warrens campaign, a whole lot of times. 220, 212 times this email being opened in less than 24 hours, frankly, in less than 12 hours, right, Jen? It's a lot of times to open an email. My guess is this email that we have sent is passing around hot and heavy uh, between the Working Families Party, people in the Working Families Party, maybe to Warren's campaign. 
Uh, Warren's press office, a little less. They've opened it 20 times uh, since, because we also reached out to Warren's campaign. What is going on here, folks? Something don't smell right. All we could do is ask the working fit. All we could do is present the evidence. All we could do is ask the questions. The working families party has opened our email. It might be more now, 212 times. Uh, Warren campaign has opened our email 20 times. You know, what are they going to say? They're not going to be like, yes, you caught us. It, it was, pay, you know, it was paid for play. But if Elizabeth Warren is running on this anti-corruption crusader thing and her adult daughter, who, by the way, you know, I, I don't think, I don't think Elizabeth Warren should bear the burden or it shouldn't be, she shouldn't be attacked for what her daughter does, in my opinion. But her daughter also uh, is a big wig at a private health insurance company. So she's at a private health insurance company. She's the chairperson of Demos. She's an adult and she has some high profile positions. And if she's the chairperson of this think tank, I would assume she has a pretty big say on who they're issuing grant money to. And I would assume around 2017, 2018, that fiscal year, Elizabeth Warren was already kind of planning or plotting her campaign run because she ran for re-election in Massachusetts and announced her run for president literally a month after. Literally a month after she was re-elected in Massachusetts. So it's not like Elizabeth Warren's daughter is some low-level you know, janitor or, or secretary. She's the chairperson. And we'd love to hear back from Demos. Is she still the chairperson? If she's not, when was she... When was she last chairperson? If she is, why is, it, why is it no longer listed on your website? Very odd, very odd, very odd. Also, there is a relationship, a long relationship between Demos and Elizabeth Warren. Um, this is from an article in 2014. Should Warren won, she will likely have her own infrastructure in place with Demos, the research and advocacy group whose slogan is, quote, an equal say and an equal chance for all. Notice the similarity of the title of Warren's book. Of course, the left's vision of equal opportunity is usually based on some absurd equality of outcome scheme, which is part of the core policy positions of Demos, to spend more, tax more, redistribute more, re restrict political speech more. Obviously, this is a right-wing writer or whatever. But the point is, before she was a senator, Demos honored Warren at its 10th anniversary gala in 2010 with its Transforming America Award because Warren was the architect of the Dodd-Frank financial reform legislation. Well, call me cynical Susie. They gave her an award in 2010. When did Elizabeth Warren's daughter start at Demos as the chairperson? 2010. Again, I actually liked Elizabeth Warren a lot more in 2010 and 2012 when she was entering political life and then ran for a senator. She was a, li a liberal firebrand then. If all of this doesn't smell kind of rotten to you, if all of this doesn't smell a little rotten to you, to me, what puts this over the edge, okay, Demos gives money, Demos, who has Warren's daughter as the chairperson, gives money to Elizabeth Warren, uh, to Working Families Party, okay. Working Families Party turns around, endorses Elizabeth Warren. Unlike 2016, the Working Families Party, who was transparent about the actual membership breakdown, how did your members vote? Not your board, your members. Suddenly now, they won't disclose that with some cockamamie reason about the integrity of the processy, and frankly, it's nonsense. If you did it in 2016, why would you not do it now? Leaves one to believe maybe that membership total doesn't match how your board voted. And the board, or your leaders, the 50, because uh, Working Families Party endorsement works this way, the, the uh, 50 or so people on the board, their vote weighs 50%. The actual members are the other 50%. So about 50 people have the same exact weighted uh, percentage and influence on the endorsement as tens of thousands of people in the party. So if that doesn't sound suspect enough, I found it very odd that the Working Families Party, after, after this endorsement of Elizabeth Warren, you started seeing like kind of Hillary Clinton campaign, David Brock-esque stuff coming out of the Working Families Party. 
crying Bernie Sanders campaign is sending, or Bernie Sanders people are harassing us online. Now, folks, I don't condone harassment. Of, of course, status quo does not. But whenever you hear this harassment is coming from Bernie Sanders supporters, conspicuously absent is visual evidence of any harassment. It's just something that Hillary Clinton's campaign and, and a lot of their um, high-level black supporters would say, we, we, we get harassment from Bernie Sanders supporters. Of course, I'm sure that there are isolated bad apples of supporters, not just in Bernie Sanders' uh, supporter base, but every supporter base, uh, that send tweets that go over the line. But we, we've, we've constantly seen this kind of coordinated messaging that these Bernie bros are sending harassing things. And you would think if the Working Families Party, because in their endorsement, they also sung praise of Bernie Sanders, if this was happening, you would think instead of going public with it, they would privately go to the Bernie. That's what I thought. Why would they? It's almost like they're working against the Bernie Sanders campaign by putting this out there because they knew the media will pick up anything against Bernie Sanders' campaign and they will make anything that might be a molehill into a mountain. So not only did they go public with it, they wrote a letter. They wrote a letter, quote, a movement, a letter from our movement to our movement. And this was the letter written by the Working Families Party. More than 100 black leaders from the across the country signed an open letter to our movement today decrying racist and sexist attacks on Maurice Mitchell and Nelanie Stamp of the Working Families Party. The Working Families Party this week issued an early endorsement of the Elizabeth Warren campaign. Several self-identified supporters of the Bernie Sanders campaign publicly attacked these two black leaders using racialized and gendered language to denigrate them, their decision, and their organization. Listen, I might get in trouble for saying this, but I don't really care. I keep it real. A lot of this seems to be a lot of bull to me. Oop, demonetized. Sorry, I couldn't help myself. Uh, I'm not saying that uh, you know a black person at the top at the top of the Working Families Party. I think uh, I forget his uh, Maurice. Excuse me. I'm not saying he doesn't get some tweets that he deems as offensive, but and that might be offensive. But to take the step of a letter and getting the signatures of 100 black leaders, you're not that. That is literally you are acting as a political arm of the Elizabeth Warren campaign to knock down Bernie Sanders. That's just politics 101, whether it's true or not, whether you really are getting harassment. So to me, it almost seemed like, boy, the Working Families Party, they're, they're, they're like working for Warren. They're, they didn't just endorse her and like think she's the best candidate. They're really working for this candidate here. And then, interestingly enough, if you wanna bring it full circle, when you click on when you click on those 100 signatures, all those black leaders that signed on to this letter for the Working Families Party, basically decrying these evil Bernie bros, Demos Action signed the letter. The Demos signed this letter decrying these evil Bernie bros, the same organization that Elizabeth Warren's daughter, as far as I know, is still the chairperson of. Sorry, folks. I don't know what else to say. It seems that, to me, unless we get a different response from the Working Families Party, who we've reached out to twice now, if we get a a different response from uh, Demos, who we've reached out to, Elizabeth Warren's campaign that we've reached out to, to me, this seems like a quid pro quo. We gave you $45,000 in grants money. When I say we, Elizabeth Warren's daughter's think tank and then you turn around and endorse us and wink wink there's more where that came from and by the way you know if you want to on top of endorsing us if you want to kind of you know do a little political operations you know a little correct the record-esque stuff a little David Brock kind of good old-fashioned mudslinging deflect distortions dishonestness write a letter to, our, to, to the movement, to basically get CNN, MSNBC, The Washington Post to then continue with this nonsense. Bernie Sanders supporters are harassing people. And again, I can't monitor all of Twitter. I'm sure there were some comments that went over the line. But if the Working Families Party is legitimately just endorsing Elizabeth Warren, but not then, you know, doing like 
serving as her political arm, you would have then went to the Bernie Sanders campaign about it without going public with a letter signed by 100 people. That is, I'm sorry, you're working for Elizabeth Warren's campaign, and it seems that there's financial connections involved. That's the reason that you're doing that. Oh, by the way, I have multiple sources telling me the Working Families Party is broke. Oh, by the way, the Working Families Party has opened our one email 212 times, which that was when I went live. Who the hell knows how many times it's been open now, which indicates to me they've been forwarding this email all, all over the place because they might think they have a problem. That's how these things work. When there's something that doesn't smell right and journalist or somebody uh, with an eye comes, comes to you and says, hey, this thing inside your house doesn't smell right, what's up with that? Oh, the emails start flying, the panic phone calls start flying. And frankly, frankly, I don't expect the corporate media, I don't think the corporate media is gonna cover this. Frankly, I'd be truly stunned if even, air quotes, uh, progressive media cover this, aside from few. Like, I'm sure Jimmy might cover it, uh, maybe Humanist Report, Kyle with, Kyle with Secular Talk. I don't expect my old stomping grounds to cover this, because frankly, uh, they've been pretty generous to Elizabeth Warren. And to be fair, to be fair, I don't have evidence that Elizabeth Warren was directing these things. Obviously, you know, no one could prove that. But I do know that her daughter was the chairperson of Demos. They gave a good chunk of change for Demos, a, again, a think tank that require, relies on donations. 20% of their grants go to the Working Families Party? Are you kidding? when they didn't give the Working Families Party a dime the year before? That don't smell right. That does not smell right. I'm gonna start with, is there something to see here regarding Joe Biden? Because all of this is based on Joe uh, Trump talking to the Ukrainian prime minister about Joe Biden. And should he have been basically trying to get a foreign leader to investigate his political opponent, which he 100% should not have. and. I assume the transcripts are going to show that's exactly what he did. So I want to first show you Joe Biden's response to this, and then I want to respond on if there's anything to see, anything to see here regarding his son Hunter Biden being on a being on a Ukrainian oil company's board, making fifty thousand dollars a month from a Ukrainian energy company with zero zero experience in energy, oil, nothing. He got paid fifty thousand dollars to sit on a board for a Ukrainian oil company while his president, while his, while his father, as vice president, was President Obama's liaison for Ukraine. Nothing to see here. Let's see uh, how Joe Biden responded right here. Mr. Vice President, how many times have you ever spoken to your son about his overseas business dealings? I've never spoken to my son about his overseas business And so, how do you know? Here's what I know. I know Trump deserves to be investigated. He is violating every basic norm of a president. You should be asking him the question, why is he on the phone with a foreign leader trying to intimidate a foreign leader, if that's what happened? That appears what happened. You should be looking at Trump. Trump's doing this because he knows I'll beat him like a drum. And he's using the abuse of power and every element of the, the presidency to try to do something to smear me. Everybody looked at this, and everybody's looked at it and said there's nothing there. Ask the right question. Mr. Biden, okay, but you've you never spoken to your Pardon son. Are you being impeached for this? Depending on what the, what the House finds, he could be impeached, but I'm not making that judgment now. The House should investigate it. The House should investigate this. This appears to be an overwhelming abuse of power. To get on the phone with a foreign leader who is looking for help from the United States and ask about me and imply things, if that's what happened, that appears to be what happened. We know that's what Giuliani did. This is outrageous. You have never Mr. seen Mr. anything like this. You said before you entered the race that one of your concerns was about your family being brought into this race. Are you comfortable running a campaign in which I know I, I know what I'm up against. I know what I'm up against. A serial abuser. 
That's what this guy is. He abuses power everywhere he can. He, and he sees any, if he sees any threat to his staying in power, he'll do whatever he has to do. But this crosses the line. Sir, this crosses the line. The I'm calling the president to release the transcript of the, of the call. Let everybody hear what it is. Let the House see it and see what he did. So what I was saying is I'm going to get to Trump. I'm going to get to Trump. Give me a minute. But I want to, get, I want to stick with Biden for a second. If, for those of you that don't know the story, Joe Biden, while he was vice president, was tasked by President Obama as basically the, the liaison uh, or the person running roughshod over, um, over Ukraine. OK, so Joe Biden, while he was running uh, things over Ukraine, his son Hunter was put on a energy company's board making $50,000, making $50,000 a month to do nothing. To do nothing. Okay? So Joe Biden's son, Hunter, has no, no expertise on energy, on natural gas, on none of it. He was just plopped on a board to do nothing on a Ukrainian uh, energy company while his father was the vice president of the United States and had, was basically doing diplomacy with Ukraine. That is clearly, clearly inappropriate. That is clearly, clearly a conflict of interest. And it is clearly, clearly wrong. Not only that, but Hunter Biden in 2013 was on a um, was on a board. Excuse me, flew with Joe Biden on Air Force Two to China, and then a day later, his private private equity firm suddenly got a one uh, one billion dollar contract with China. They have no expertise on China. So I'm saying to you, I'm saying to you, there's nothing to see here that the vice president and I, excuse me, Joe Biden, the, the Hunter Biden, the company that he was sitting on the board was being investigated by Ukraine. They were being investigated by Ukrainian, uh, I guess their version of the attorney general. The top prosecutor was investigating Hunter Biden's company. It's not Hunter Biden's company, but who he was on the board of this company. And Joe Biden makes a call to get this prosecutor fired. The cover story is, oh, the prosecutor was corrupt and he, he wasn't doing his job. And that's why Joe Biden called to get this company, this prosecutor in Ukraine um, removed. It wasn't to help his son. If you believe that, I have a golden bridge to sell you. That is absurd. And by the way, by the way, you know how I know it's absurd? You know how I know it's absurd? The United States is trying to get a Ukrainian prosecutor removed because he's corrupt. Since when does the United States government try and get officials removed in other countries because they're corrupt? The United States prefers corrupt officials in other countries. I give you the United States relationship with Saudi Arabia. I give you the United States relationship with just about every country around the world that has corrupt leaders. So you're telling me that Joe Biden made a call to get the prosecutor in Ukraine removed who was investigating the energy company Joe Biden's son sat on? You're telling me that in 2013 when Joe Biden and his son Hunter traveled to China and a day later Hunter, Hunter's private equity firm gets a one... I don't, apologies, Jen, check me on this. Gets a $1 billion, I believe, contract with China? That's just because Hunter Biden speaks fluent Chinese and he's amazing and could lift China. Give me a fucking demonetized break. Okay, so there is something to see here regarding Joe Biden in Ukraine. But the corporate media, which Joe Biden was saying no credible outlet has found any truth to this. You mean the credible outlets like the Washington Post who give... Bernie Sanders, three Pinocchios for saying that 500,000 families a year declare bankruptcy because of medical debt? You mean those credible outlets that go on the attack of people like Bernie Sanders, write 16 negative stories a day? These are the credible outlets that because they they, they found nothing to see here, that means there's nothing to see here? You're telling me that... NBC, MSNBC, and the Washington Post, and the New York Times, and all these people, all these outlets that ran with this absurd Russiagate nonsense for three to three years that has been debunked, largely. 
Because they say there's nothing to see here with Joe Biden and Ukraine. That means there's nothing to see here. This is like the person who commits arson. This is like the person that commits arson, uh, citing his accomplishment, accomplices saying he wasn't even in that city that night. So the bottom line is, thank you, Jen. Yes, it was a billion dollars. Whether Joe Biden, Joe Biden reaching out to get a prosecutor who is investigating this, the company his son is on the energy board to say that Joe Biden and America were just trying to get this prosecutor gone because he's corrupt. Please. The United States prefers corrupt officials. Joe, Joe Biden, his son was enriched because his, um, his father was the, vice, the sitting vice president at whose portfolio under pr- the president was to handle Ukraine, which had tensions with Russia, obviously. So Hunter Biden made off like a bandit through this. And by the way, Another reason why I know this is not, there's something to see here, is of all places, of all places, shockingly, Politico did a good piece a while ago, and it is a very long piece. It took me a long time to finish this. Politico did a, did a long piece called Biden Inc., which is all about how Joe Biden's brother and Joe Biden's son have made money off of his name as a senator and then vice president. I'll just read you the first paragraph. The day, the day the Bidens took over Paradigm Global Advisors was a memorable one. In the late summer of 2006, Biden's son Hunter and Joe's younger brother James purchased a firm. On their first day on the job, they showed up with Joe's other son, Bo, who obviously has passed away, and two large men and ordered the head fund's chief of compliance to fire its presidents, according to a Paradigm executive who was present. After the firing, the two large men escorted the fund's presidents out of the firm's Midtown Manhattan office, and James Biden laid out his vision for the fund's future. Quote, don't worry about investors, he said, according to the executive, who spoke on the condition of anonymity, citing fear of retaliation. We've got people all around the world who want to invest in Joe Biden. I'm not going to read this because this is literally like, I think it's like 15,000 words. I'll put the link in the super chat. This piece by Politico outlines the long history of the family around Joe Biden profiting off of Joe Biden. And by the way, to be fair, this is not unique to Joe Biden. You think Chelsea Clinton sits on boards because of her expertise? Please. You think Chelsea Clinton was on the board of um, IAC, the media company that owns the Daily Beast because of her expertise in politics and media? No. It's all about access to your parent. No offense, Chelsea. So there is something to see here regarding Joe Biden and the media is of course covering for him because the media ideally, the media ideally would like Joe Biden to be the nominee, but they're hedging their bets. And that's why this adoring coverage for Elizabeth Warren continues. I'm basically going to have conflicting things to say about this because to me, Donald Trump or an effort to impeach Donald Trump should have been done when children at the border were killed. When he, his administration put out uh, procedures to ban Muslims from seven countries. Not saying it as a candidate when they actually did it. There are so many things preceding. There are so many things preceding. This Donald Trump uh, talking to the Ukrainian leader about investigating Joe Biden that he should have been or potentially could have been opening up impeachment inquiries. Frankly, they could have been opening up impeachment inquiries into the fact that he's not removed from his company. The fact that ambassadors from other countries and high level powerful people from other countries are literally essentially hanging out with lobbyists at the Trump Hotel in Washington DC to curry favor with the Trump administration. The corruption of the Trump administration, this is not a new thing. Him trying to lobby a Ukrainian leader to basically look at, you know, look into Biden is terrible. It's wrong. It is unlawful. It cannot stand. I agree. But this is the straw that broke the camel's back? When you have all these other things before that? To me, I don't, I don't understand that. Secondly, secondly, 
Then you have the rule of law crowd, and it doesn't matter if there's an election in one year. We have to, we can't have this as a precedent. We can't just allow this man to totally, uh, you know, act as a dictator, act as a king, do whatever he wants. So to hell with how it affects the election. And then you have the reality of will it affect or get him reelected? To me, no, I do not think you could let any person, whether it's a corporate Democrat, a Republican, or a marshmallow, lawlessly break the law. I do not think that even, even though, obviously, clearly, Donald Trump is not going to be impeached, the House could impeach him, the Senate is not going to impeach Donald Trump. So obviously, this is not for Nancy Pelosi did not announce this today because she thinks it's actually he's actually going to be removed from office through impeachment. They, Nancy Pelosi is calculating that impeaching him now on this Ukrainian thing could potentially help the Democratic nominee beat him because this is a tipping point to the Democrats. I just want to say, to be clear, I do think this thing with Ukraine is not the first thing and is not the worst thing, frankly, that should have brought impeachment inquiry into Donald Trump, President Trump. But I do think, I can't argue with them wanting to impeach him on this. I cannot. He is fundamentally acting as a dictator, enlisting foreign leaders to go after your political opponents. I mean, I don't know anyone objectively who could defend that other than, you know, Fox News. But, right, House will impeach him, Senate would convict. But I, I, I got to be honest with you. I have a very hard time rallying around Nancy Pelosi or rallying around Chuck Schumer or rally around these corporate Democrats that are, you know, indignant and we have to protect the sanctity of the rule of law when they're all corrupt themselves. Yes, Donald Trump should be impeached. But do we honestly want to sit here and say that this is genuine coming from Nancy Pelosi and these people? And this is it a political calculation that this will help the Democrats retake the White House by impeaching him over this? Why now? Why this? And by the way, I really hope those transcripts that are going to be released tomorrow in them say what the Democrats are saying they say, because if they do not, if Trump does not specifically call for this Ukrainian leader, and Jen, correct me if I'm wrong, uh, I'm, I'm buzzy on this. Was this the prime minister of Ukraine or the president of Ukraine or somebody else? Uh, that I don't know. If it doesn't say that, the Democrats just reelected Donald Trump because that is the largest ammunition. That is the largest ammunition you could give him. That is the largest ammunition you could give this president. If those transcripts don't say what this impeachment inquiry is saying, they say. So on one hand, I do think Donald Trump should be impeached. But on the other end, I think what they're doing right now very likely will lead to his reelection. I, I do. So on one end, like I, I agree with the Ocasio-Cortezes of the world, who I don't think is corrupt, by saying we can't play politics. We can't say, oh, well, we can't take into, fact, take into account how it will affect an election. We, we can't let a president be a lawless dictator. I agree. I agree. President. Thank you, Jen. The question becomes, should Donald Trump be impeached over this and how will it affect his impeach his reelection. I'm going to play for you a video that Donald Trump's campaign put out today, and then I'm going to tell you why I think the Democrats are handing Donald Trump essentially a ticket to four more years of this tyranny. And frankly, some of you don't agree with this. I think Donald Trump, four more years of Donald Trump, is way worse than President Warren. I think you guys are crazy if you think four more years of Trump is worse than President Warren. I'm not saying there's going to be a President Warren. I'm still covering Elizabeth Warren critically. I'm not going to just turn it off because she's surging in the polls. But you really need to understand four more years of this guy unshackled. He doesn't have to worry about re-election. If you think it's been bad now, and if you think the gasoline he's been pouring in 
pouring on to our already planet that's being destroyed, you might not have a planet with another four years of Donald Trump in 10 years. This is what the Trump campaign put out, and I think you're going to see a lot more of this soon. Credibility to his assertion. Not one single one. Now to our ABC News investigation this morning into Joe Biden's son, Hunter, and questions about money he made from foreign business dealings while his father was vice president. You have a big story uh, tonight on the New York Times website. Tomorrow, page one of the print edition. Was Hunter Biden profiting off his dad's work as vice president, and did Joe Biden allow it? We're talking about millions of dollars in at least two countries. We have uh, Joe Biden as vice president having intervened to uh, sort of force the firing of a Ukrainian prosecutor who happened to have an open case looking into a company, a Ukrainian gas company, that was employing Joe Biden's son. There's no reason to pay Hunter Biden $50,000 a month. Uh, Hunter Biden Hunter Biden worked for a natural gas company in Ukraine, which is totally fair game. Uh, did the vice president's son use his dad's influence to make money somewhere in the world? That's totally fair game. Potential conflict of interest there that I think Joe Biden will have to answer for. Hunter Biden's work with the company reportedly sparked concern among State Department officials. But was it right for Hunter Biden to take a job like that in Ukraine while his father was engaged in diplomacy there? There is a story here. Uh, we've told some of it. There's more to be told. I'm telling you, you're not getting a billion dollars. I said, you're not getting the billion. I'm going to be leaving here. And I think it was, what, six hours? I looked, I said, I'm leaving in six hours. If the prosecutor's not fired, you're not getting the money. If the prosecutor's not fired, if the prosecutor's not fired, if the prosecutor's not fired, you're not getting the money. The reason I played that for you, Donald Trump is the king of muddying the waters. Donald Trump is the king of misdirection. Donald Trump is the king, the king of basically taking his corruption and sticking it onto somebody else and saying, no, he's corrupt, to the point where people look at him and say, oh, but what about what Biden did? And it cancels each other, it cancels, it cancels each other out. Bottom line, they're impeaching him over this Ukrainian thing, but Donald Trump is going to be able to muddy the water and cite the fact that there has been criticism of Joe Biden over this. So even though he did do something that is totally unlawful, totally unacceptable, his base is going, it's like, it's like poking a bear that's in hibernation. The only way the Democratic nominee is going to win, whoever that Democratic nominee is going to win, yes, you have to bring out your base, but you're also going to have to pick off some of those Obama voters that switched to Trump. You're also going to have to pick off some of those voters who just voted for Trump that might have buyer's remorse. If they think that the Democratic Party who pushed this discredited Russiagate bullshit for three years is now pushing another nonsense thing that Donald Trump could sell them is a witch hunt, is a deep state conspiracy to, you know, to, to fight his movement and to make America bad again or however he's going to phrase it. He is going to bring, bring out every single member of his base and why that's important, the polls right now are very similar to the polls in 2016 that showed Donald Trump would be crushed. I do not believe the polls represent the actual Trump base because there are people in that Trump base that do not show up on polls. They are, those, there are people that do support Trump that do not actually tell pollsters they support Trump. This was, remember the hidden, the hidden Trump voter in 2016? I agree with the principle that no one is above the law, but let's call bullshit when we hear bullshit. We don't have a genuine legal system in this country. We have a legal system for black and brown people and Native Americans people. That's, that's on the bottom of the barrel. That's our, that's our first legal system. Excuse me, that's one legal system. Then we have a legal system for like semi-privileged white people, you know, middle-income white people. And then you have a uh, then you have a legal system for Jeff Bezos, and the and the Waltons, and the Clintons, and the Trumps, and the Kochs. So there's three different legal systems. We don't have a rule of law rule of law in this country. We have a governmental system that is legalized bribery, and legalized theft. The government allows corporations to steal our money in tax cuts, deregulation, subsidies. So I don't really want to hear it with the Democrats and the rule of law. They don't give a flying fuck about the rule of law. We are illegally at, we are illegally in Syria. 
we are illegally sanctioning other countries. There are laws against this. We are illegally helping Saudi Arabia commit genocide in Yemen. Okay? We are illegally trying to insert new presidents in Venezuela and probably soon in Iran. So I don't really want to hear about the rule of law from Nancy Pelosi and these people that don't care about the actual rule of law. Okay? But at the same time, do I think Donald Trump should be impeached? Yes, I do. I do. But I'm just talking about do we if these people who are saying their number one their number one goal is to remove Donald Trump, then you have to think about the strategy to remove Donald Trump. And I'm telling you, somebody said on Twitter, do you have any evidence to back this up? Yeah, I went around the country three years ago. I interviewed probably, uh, I don't know, 500 to 1,000 of his supporters. I got the therapy bills to prove it and the PTSD to prove it. I know the Trump supporter pretty well. And some of you have seen those interviews, both from my time at the Young Turks and now at Status Coup. They don't, you are not going to convince them to vote for a Democrat other than Trump based on policy. You might convince them to uh, vote for a Democrat over Trump based on populism, i.e. Bernie Sanders, but you're not gonna convince them to switch because like Donald Trump said something inappropriate on the phone with the prime minister of Ukraine. That's not gonna happen. If, if and when Donald Trump wins reelection, and when the exit polls say people voted for him because they thought it was a, a witch hunt against Donald Trump over this, you have yourselves to thank. We're living in different times than Richard Nixon, okay? Politics is a blood sport now. And we have so, there is also way more of an information war going on than there was in 1973 and 74. But I think this is going to help Trump's reelection and worse, worse, I think we already have a media landscape, both corporate and frankly, those that call themselves independent, that don't cover real stories and don't cover real important stories. If you thought it was already bad, you wait now. You are not going to get any news coverage of real things and real important stories for the next year.